Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Andre from the Opinionated Podcast, and I just want to remind you that we are live every Sunday on our Facebook page, and you can find us wherever you stream your music at the Opinionated Podcast. We drop a new episode every Tuesday. So remember to like, share, comment, and don't forget to subscribe. Enjoy the show. Oh, <laughs> I got I got to wake up at four in the morning for a flight to Houston. Oh, Get tough one. I'm a functional smoker. So. All right, yo. So we're... good for you. Jealous. <laughs> <laughs> like Meaning he smokes and just goes to sleep. <laughs> my my wife would get along well with him. <laughs> we're here. So oh, Eric, right? Not Eric, right? Mister Eric, right? How you doing, everyone? Good evening. Very good. It's Friday night. It's Friday night. Oh, just got paid. <laughs> Don't, Don't do it. it. Yeah, Don't it do is. it. This is a very, this is a very right. loose show. This show is not. I mean, we're serious, but we we get serious at the right time and stuff like that. <laughs> we like to have fun with it, and we like to have our guests having fun, and let them talk about what they do at the same time. And it helps people get a little bit more creative, opens them up a little bit more instead of everybody being stife yep. and. Speaking of which, yeah. me and Eric got something. Me and Eric got something in common, man. <laughs> Looking at the highlights of your book during the pandemic, you know, we both try. I guess I tried cannabis for the first time. Oh yeah, oh, really? It was an edible. So, but we want to get your back, your whole backstory from the beginning to to now. And so, when you when you you know, what's your thoughts about cannabis? So let's start. Let's start about about telling a little bit go. about yourself, yeah. who you are, what you do, and you know uh, why you're here today. Yeah, awesome guys! Thank you so much for having me. Really appreciate it. Um, you know, you mentioned the pandemic, as uh, so I call it, the damn panic. But essentially, <laughs> you know, we were all stuck inside, right? We were all trapped in our houses with our families, with our pets, with our significant others, which I'm sure drove a ton of people crazy. Uh, including myself. I have three kids um, that are young, um, three that I'm raising, put it that way. There may be some more out there that I'm not aware of, but for now I'm raising three of them. Um, and so, you know, I, I'm sure like you all, you've drank liquor yes. um, to relieve stress in the past. I've done that, you know. Um, but during the pandemic, it just got to the point where I needed something different. And uh, I had tried cannabis, you know, college, like or high school and college, like most of us had. I, I didn't like it because I smoked it. My lungs just didn't agree with me. But um, in late 19, I tried edibles for the first time, um, enjoyed it. I think it was really different than uh, alcohol for a number of reasons. But um, mostly it just relaxed me. It calmed me down. It kind of relieved the stress uh, of whatever was going on in my life uh, in a way that alcohol didn't. And so during the pandemic, you know, things were going crazy. We were all batshit crazy. And I just started doing it more and more. Um, and, you know, eventually weird stuff started happening. <laughs> I'm sure when you guys get high or anyone gets high, there's just things that, um, you know, I was thinking or experiencing that I never did uh, or never experienced when I was sober or drinking alcohol. And so, you know, eventually, uh, after, you know, probably a month or two of, of just having these weird things happen to me, my wife, uh, who, who is known as Alexandra in the book, just said, you know, start writing this stuff down, start documenting what, what's going on. And we can get into a little bit about what, what I talk about in the book, but, 
you know, eventually got turned into, you know, 250 pages or whatever uh, of just stuff that I kind of put down on paper and eventually it turned into the book and eventually, you know, the podcast that we do uh, as well. So, you know, that's a high level overview. I, I am not an author. I'm an accountant. And I never thought I would do anything like this. <laughs> Write a book about cannabis. That's not something I, I ever well, thought I would do. I got a question. How much were you smoking? So I, I can't smoke just because my lungs it just can't handle oh, it. I'm sorry. Um, How much were you consuming? I'm sorry. Yeah, it, it usually, you know, I, so usually it's 10 to 20 milligrams at once. Uh, there are some times where I've done, you know, 60, 70. Uh, that's when I had my out-of-body experience that I talk about in the book. Um mm-hmm. uh, that that's kind of where I'm comfortable because again, with, even with three kids, you know, there's still stuff I have to do. And you know, you said you're a functioning uh, smoker. That's great. Um, but ten to twenty is usually my comfort zone. But I will go more if I really need it. Speak speaking of that, it, it, I, I, I'll speak on that because me and you are in the same boat yeah. right here. I tried edibles. Oh, I no. tried edibles for the first time. I was going through something. I think they had just legalized marijuana in New Jersey. So I say, you know what? I'm just going to do an edible one night. I always was against weed. I always thought it was for losers and your life will fall apart <laughs> and everything else. I, I had that whole stigma going. So I say, you know what? Look at what you think you're coming. Yeah. So I said to myself, <laughs> I'm going to try one. It just, my whole world, like everything went bright. I was so happy. And like you said, I used to, I'm a drinker. I'm a heavy drinker. I'm like the alcoholic of these guys. So I was drinking a lot during the pandemic. This was completely different. It's like took me, you know, drinking, when you drink heavy, usually, you know, you do that to forget about some stuff and to take you somewhere. This took me to a completely different realm. It was like, oh, shit, everything's bright. Everything's funny. I feel like myself again. Like, I haven't felt this way in years. (coughs) And, like, same like you. I started off with the low doses, and then I started just – I think I just started going heavy. No, I did go. Yeah, I did go heavy. No, let me let me rephrase what you think is a low dosage. See, I myself, <laughs> I'm anywhere. Together. I'm I'm anywhere between. If I'm if I'm eating an edible, it's somewhere between three hundred and five hundred milligrams. Kev's <laughs> first Kev's first attempt was, I believe, a two hundred milligram bag of candy. Oh, yeah. Wow. Like wow. I think it was the Skittles. I think the Skittles was the first one. No, he had. He, it was it was hard. It was a it was a it was a Skittles form or something like that. But um, you ate the whole bag and yeah, trans- you did you didn't load dose at all. Well, oh my god, it kind of messed up his memory a little bit. So, what kind of pushed you over the edge? To, to say, you know what, I'm going to just start writing. I know you said your wife might have suggested it, but what made you say, you know what, I am going to write it down and take it seriously? Because you, you could have just wrote it down in a diary. What made you actually want to turn it into a book? That's a great question, man. And, and you know, it's it's hard to pinpoint one thing that made me do it. I think, you know, the, the things that were happening to me, and again, if I did 300 milligrams, I, I'd be floating somewhere above my roof. I, I don't know what would happen. <laughs> but, you know, the things that were happening, they were just interesting thoughts that I had um, that I never had before, just about the universe, you know, and, and most people when they think of potheads, they think of just kids sitting in their college dorms just 
it would nothing, you know, Cheech and Chung or PCU or Half-Baked, whatever. Those are kind of what people think about when they think about a pothead. But in reality, I think the plan and the impact on our bodies and our brains is so much more than that. I think it gives us insight into the world that maybe when you people that smoke, they don't want to think about that or care about thinking about that. But when I had these experiences that were happening, it was so cool because it really helped me connect with my wife. And we were going through a really tough time in our relationship. In fact, in the book we talk about, you know, she was talking to a lawyer and we were thinking about separating just because we weren't communicating. We were just angry and resentful <laughs> at each other. <clears throat> and when I was high, there was none of that. It was calmness and communication and just good stuff that was happening. But then it got weirder and it got into, I was able to kind of connect with her and, and feel how she was feeling. And that was cooler to her because she's like, oh my God, how, how did you know I was feeling that in that time, in the, at that exact moment? I said, I don't know, but that's what's happening. And she's like, you guys start documenting this just so you don't forget. And she started doing that too. When I had my, my out-of-body experience, which I talk about in the book, I just felt a ton of negative energy and negative emotions leave my body. And she's like, you got to write this down. You, you got to start putting this on paper. See, I had, I, I had a similar, I had a similar thing. My brother was, you know, they all know everybody. My brother was murdered. So for years, I just was like in this dark, depressed state. I couldn't, I'm always like the life of the party, funny, funny guy and outgoing, but I was putting on this farce and I knew it was a, a farce and I'm like, I'm not really myself. I'm not the Kevin everybody knows, you know, knows and have fun with. So when I took my, my first time doing it, that's what happened to me. Like all that negative energy went away and it's like, I found this, this guy that's been locked in this cage forever and I brought him out to light and I'm like, man, like I'm back as myself. I'm having a great time. I'm joking with everybody. Everybody's laughing. I'm not putting on this fake you know, this farce or this, or this fake mask of me being, you know, me acting like I'm happy or have, or in a good mood. I was legit happy. I even, Kevin tell you, I cussed him out like, this is what this feels like. You've been hiding this from me all this time. I, I am truly actually happy. Like it felt like I've stepped into a whole nother world. I'm like, man, this is, this is cool. Literally the first time I've ever been cussed out over happiness. <laughs> Completely cussed out. He, oh, this is how you guys get the feel on a daily basis? I can't believe this shit. <laughs> That's this guy I wanna, down I, here. I want to point something out um, that I, I felt like uh, both of you, you know, maybe, maybe you might um, kind of vibe with. I feel like as men, we all have these voices in our heads. And these voices, they 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 kind of don't stop, especially if you're a father. You know what I mean? You're taking care of your family. You're married. You're trying to keep everything together all the time. You know, the women, you know, they got our backs, but sometimes it's just not that great. And I think maybe that those, you know, consuming edibles or, or, or however you choose to do it kind of quiets that voice down. So you can maybe open your ears and listen or or Kevin with you, maybe be in the moment because maybe that's what you were missing is being in the moment and, and experiencing it and, and appreciating it. You know, so, you know, it's, it's funny you say that. that 
And that's exactly right. I mean, in the book, I call it, I call what you were just talking about your elevator music. And I said, you know, you go into an elevator in any building, right? And like I said, Britney Spears, you know, uh, hit me baby one more time is on. And when you leave the elevator, that's going to be in your head the rest of the day. All right. Whether you like it or not, you're going to be singing along to it. (laughs) And, but I, what I said is that that elevator music, whether it's work or money or family or whatever, stress, cannabis stops that. It, it puts the elevator music away and lets you focus what you said in the moment. That's exactly what it does. And it affects everyone differently, right? And, and, and again, I'm sorry to hear about your brother. That's absolutely awful. Um, but I, I think cannabis allows you to just confront that negative energy and somehow release it. I don't know how I'm not fucking scientist but it does um, like and it, it unlocks something it's like yeah, it, it's, exactly as soon as you as soon as you start feeling the wave and your comfortability zone starts to increase i like to say um you kind of get that relax i i usually call it the i don't give a fuck sting mm-hmm. where you're like <laughs> eh, whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. like what will be will be but when you're actually when you're actually involved with someone else or you're having a conversation or you're active, you're, you're, you kind of see past what you would normally see. You know what I mean? And and when it comes to emotions or, you know what I mean? Like the situation that's, that's being dealt with at hand, you can kind of get a feel of where they're coming from with much more ease and less defense. Well, Eric, let me ask you a question. This is for me personally, because like I said, me and you done this at the first time. Well, recently, um, I have moments when I do the edible, when I take an edible, my body, whatever my body or my mind thinks it needs, it does. If my body, like, usually when I'm not on the edible, I come home, like, I can't rest. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this. This person needs me. That person needs me. Uh, whatever. When I do edibles, like, all that shit doesn't matter. What matters is what your body needs and, you know, your immediate loved ones, what they need. They need you to be happy in a good mood. Your body needs to rest and relax. All your chores that you have planned out for today, throw that out the window. It's not getting done unless it's very important. Does, does, do you ever notice that happening to you? So that's a great question, man. And that happens to my wife because when she is sober, that's how she functions. She And I just call it like her brain is always going, all right, a mm-hmm. thousand miles an hour. Normally, when she is high, that all goes away. All she wants to do is sit down and watch TV, right, and relax. And she is not worried about any of that shit. For me, it's the opposite um, because normally I'm like that. I'm just chill, whatever. I, I relax if I need to. When I'm high, my brain just starts going nuts. <laughs> and that's kind of where this book came from. All these thoughts, all these, you know, in the book, I talk about third eyes and soul and simulation theory. I mean, that would never happen when I was sober. So that's what it does to me, but it, it, it does something different to her, which it sounds like is what it does to you. Yeah. Which is really interesting. Yeah. Cause that's all awesome. you're talking about the third eye. I had an experience one time. I had an edible Kev dropped off at my house, very high doses. And I took it and I, during COVID, you were sick at the yeah, time. I think you? I was sick. He had COVID at the time. When yeah, I gave so him I, I had came, I came <laughs> off of COVID. So I said, I'm going to take this. I literally 
got transported what I would consider the multiverse. I, my body <laughs> kept falling. Instant teleportation. But it was like I couldn't stop falling through these dimensions, and I'm seeing all this weird stuff, and I'm closing my eyes. I'm like, man, if I don't wake up, this is going to consume me. Like, like how do I focus on? I couldn't focus on anything in this on this universe, but I could just see my body constantly falling through these different universes. I'm guessing that's what's the kind of thing that happened here. It, it is, man. And, and there is research that says, look, look, we don't know a lot about the brain, right? There's, there's a lot of stuff we know. There's a lot of shit that we do not know. And Absolutely. so, you know, you think of, I don't know if you guys have pets or dogs. I have a dog and your dog can sense stuff that we can't, right? Is yeah. that concept innate or part of human beings because at some point human beings did have that sixth sense and what I talk about is look there's so much stuff that is involved in our daily lives with money and stress and relationships that we've lost that ability to have that sixth sense and I think my theory was that I write about when people are high that sixth sense kind of opens up and allows you to feel and sense things and connect to things and people in a way that you normally can't the question is Okay, if that's happening, and what? What does that mean? <laughs> like, can we connect to each other? Can we feel how each other are feeling? And if so, is that good? Bad? I, I don't know. But that's what I talk about, and I think that's really cool what, that you experience that. What do, what do you all think about, um, and, and we'll definitely get into, like, your experiences that you wrote down in the book, but, you know, talk, talking about the third eye, the pineal gland, um, what do you think about the reasons why, like, do you think the government is calcifying our pineal gland on purpose or, you know, cause what, what is that? Um, it's done with fluoride, which is in our toothpaste and, and a whole bunch of other stuff, sink water, everything really. And, you know, like this is, I believe this was a study that's proven or I might sound like a jackass. And I feel like it's being done on purpose to prevent that connectivity. Cause all this misdirection that we're experiencing in, you know, especially with the internet, I love the internet, but I hate the internet. I love social media, but I hate social media because it's, it's all misdirection and programming. And it feels like we're more easily susceptible to it because of this calcification of the pineal gland. Does anybody have anything to say about that? Cause I just want to talk about it. And talk okay. about it. <laughs> I, I, mean, I, I think I'll explain. They're doing studies now, right now with, uh, with mushroom studies where they are taking, um, they're actually having people taking doses of mushrooms and they're having them after they come out of their, out of the state of mushrooms, they having them write down what they see in this universe because supposedly <laughs> when people take the mushrooms or like you said, or DMT or anything like that, or maybe we, weed and marijuana, you're transported to another dimension in your brain that's unlocked that, like you said, humans have pretty much pushed it aside. So they want to see, you know, because a lot of people, some people with their best work or best work ever done from uh, Hendrix to uh, comedians like Dave Chappelle and Joe Rogan, most of their best work is done high. And it unlocks a part of their brain that, you know, sometimes is dormant, them thoughts and everything like that. Uh, Stephen King. Stephen King wrote most of his books, not a good drug of choice. I don't advise nobody to do it, but on cocaine. Crack. He was doing cocaine, and, yeah. and cocaine, yeah. cigarettes, and alcohol. But he, read, he wrote Carrie doing that. He wrote uh, Cujo. Some of his best work was written underneath this state of mind. So, Maybe it is being suppressed. There's no maybe about well, it. Well, I'm saying, you know, maybe because they don't, 
like mushrooms. It's certain it's certain mushrooms that people can take that help. It's certain the I mean uh, hallucinogens you can take to help people kick <sighs> drug habits because it makes you it it lets you see your ego and your flaws I, and it shows you what you're doing yeah. wrong. Well, not only that, but I mean I I take mushrooms on a weekly basis. Um, usually, like tonight, I'll probably do my weekly mushroom trip and. <laughs> Depending on, depending on, I mean, for me, it's like an emotional cleanse, to be honest with you, because I definitely see myself just, if I do a weekly, I can see what I've done and what I haven't done throughout the week that I need to change. And it also hinders me from smoking. Like if once, when I'm on mushrooms, I feel like I smoke way less or I don't have the want to smoke because I'm already there. You know what I mean? I don't I don't have the want to get any further. If I go any further, I'm sure that the things that I see will be Doctor Strange <laughs> taking me to somewhere I do not want to go. But I do see certain things. I'll see things about myself. I'll sometimes I'll close my eyes and then I'll have a mini movie playing instantly. As soon as I close my eyes, something pops up. And it's hard to get like if you're microdosing, it's it's I would say it's fairly easy, but when you're trying to enter, trying to put one foot in the realm, one foot out the realm, it's hard to keep a gathered thought at that time. Like it's hard for me to be, uh, I, I can't, I'm very, I'm indecisive. Like a motherfucker, mm. I'm indecisive. I can barely, I have to have movies set up for me to watch. Or I'm going to spend an hour and a half looking at trailers. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm not even, I'm not even gassing right now. I've, I've spent an hour and a half, two hours just looking at trailers and then putting them on my list instead of being a genius and being like, Oh, let's watch this. Nah, there's got to be something else. Next trailer. And I spend an hour and a half doing this. It's very indecisive and. It's probably a good weight loss program because I don't eat at all on mushrooms That's at awesome. all. The I could use that. Rest. So <laughs> if I can kind of figure out a middle ground where I can microdose and it would help me eat less, I'd be right in the ball game right there. That's awesome. But yeah, That's seeing awesome. stuff is definitely. So when you seen you had your out outer body experiences, how did it affect you when you were you know? creating these notes and writing these memoirs and, and forming it into the book. Yeah, man. I mean, at the time I didn't know what the fuck was happening to me. I I remember I was outside with my wife, we were talking and, you know, we've had issues in the past. I've done some things I I shouldn't have done. And, you know, we, we worked it out and we were working it out, but there was a lot of resentment, a lot of bad stuff between us two that night all of that left my body. I was sitting outside on the floor. I was crying. I was telling her how much I loved her. At the time, I didn't know what the hell was happening. It was just, this is happening. I can't stop it. Later on, we, we were talking about it. You know, this is months and months later. And what we realized, and we talked about this on a podcast, is I think what was happening to me is when I had my out-of-body experience, that was essentially negative energy leaving me. And what I felt was that negative energy leaving me and that kind of turned into what I thought was an out-of-body experience. I remember rising up above my body, similar to what you said, kind of flowing between universes. I, I remember leaving. I was sitting on the, on the ground outside, and I rose up. And I think, to me, that was just negative stuff coming out of me somehow <laughs> because of cannabis. And, and, you know, going back to your question about, you know, calcification, I mean, there is 
research going on. And, you know, you look at why marijuana was made illegal in the first place. It was for absolutely no reason, right? It came over from Mexico in the 1920s or whatever. There was so much hatred for Mexicans that they, they said it was illegal. It eventually turned into this evil drug that minorities, Mexicans, African-Americans were consuming. And it, it just, there was no reason for it. When we look at alcohol or cigarettes or anything else that we put into our bodies that are way worse, most likely than cannabis, there is no reason to suppress any research, whether it's mushrooms, LSD, or cannabis. And there needs to be more of it because to your point, there's so much stuff we don't know about it. And I hope we, I hope it does happen. Maybe not in my lifetime, your lifetime, well, but hopefully someday. Well, starting legalization. Uh, well, I'm, well, I'm going to tell you all this right now. I was listening to a podcast. They are now as a an army vet that's doing st- studies right now with mushrooms to help vets get over, get over PS, uh, PTSD. So right now the government is going to give him funding like the, you know, to, to, you know, prescribe these veterans with marijuana. They're going to open up a, like a legal grow, but it's going to be USDA controlled because we had a guy on Lynn May, shout out to Lynn May that said, you know, Weed was legal USDA to government officials way before it became <laughs> legal to us. Like mm-hmm. I'm talking what you said, almost damn near what, 20 years, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah. And we knew nothing about it. So they're doing the same thing now with mushrooms because they're saying, you know, it helps these guys, like you said, relieve these, this negative energy off their body or help them deal with the stress that they're going through and stuff like that. It's a lot of stuff that the government, I don't understand why they try to make it illegal, but I don't know how the government can have control over what people put into their bodies. I can understand. <laughs> I can, listen, bro, I can understand heroin. You don't know why. I, know why. I can understand heroin, maybe crack, but stuff like, like marijuana, mushroom. No, no, let that shit, no, no, let, let the crack run through the hood. No, but I'm let saying, but, but I'm saying, this nah, is, this is stuff that is naturally, mind altering stuff. This is stuff that is naturally accessible that right. anybody can grow. Would you? That is not really, I never heard nobody say they overdosed on marijuana yet. I am not. I did. Fuck you, you, no, you. Oh, he, yeah. Dre had a horrible experience. Tell you, you do you want to tell you tell your experience of your I've, your your time doing edibles? I've done it too many times. I've done it too many times. Um, Explain it. I, I've explained it. We it happened on the podcast. Um, <laughs> long long story short, I, I maybe um I took I took some edibles on the podcast, and I'm which I've learned over time that I'm a very controlling guy. I like to things to be like, you know, one, two, three, four. So we're doing a podcast. I like to be very put together, succinct, quick. And I was not. So I panicked. So that's, that's really what happened. And then that's a whole thing. Y'all got, everybody can go back and listen to that episode. It's, it's available. Uh, this guy, listen, <laughs> see what, it's available. What, he, what he tried to do is, I don't know if you tried to, Eric, try to, con- to yes, I have to go over it. He tried to control his high. He tried to control his high and he couldn't control his high where I'm not the expert. You damn crack addict. I'm not an expert, but I took enough edibles. I did enough edibles to know like, yo. I know I have to tell myself, yes, I am high. I have to keep reassuring myself because I have moments where I think I'm not breathing and I'm like, you're high right now. Your, your mind is playing Whoa. tricks on you. Just ride it out and, and get through it. When I, 
when I walked outside and saw your your uh, rest in peace, your your dead grandfather walk past me and tell me and, and say, hey, how you doing? And I said, what the fuck? <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> <laughs> said, wait a minute, am I with you or are you Whoa, with me? I don't know that's what's going on. That's what pushed me over the edge. In all honesty, that guy that I saw that I thought was your grandfather and went and that it's weird. The connection was for some reason there was that connection and I swore that was your grandfather, bro. And it fucking, it sent me over the edge where I said, I'm going to die. I'm going to die today. <laughs> call my wife. I called my wife as soon as I saw him. The funny thing is the politeness never left my body. He said, how you doing? I said, how you doing, sir? <laughs> but I thought it was your grandfather. And I called my wife and I said, you need to come pick me up right the fuck now. I'm going to die right now. Well, so you know, it, it's really interesting <laughs> you say that. You know, since I've released this book, I, I've kind of come up with a theory, and this may may not be right, but you can take this for what it's worth. I think the feeling of getting high, when you feel it coming on, that's essentially your third eye opening or your ability to connect with people opening. And it's interesting you say that, that you were able to see uh, a grandfather that passed on that may have been you connecting with him in, in reality. I mean, that may have been because you were so high, maybe he's hanging around. I, I don't know this backstory, but that may have been you connecting with him. And I think my stories, my experiences when I'm getting high, I now realize is that feeling of getting high is essentially your sixth sense opening up. Mm-hmm. And so what I've tried to encourage people to do is when you are high, see if you can connect with people, see if you can feel something of people around you, maybe it's your friends, your family, your your fucking dog, I mean, whatever. Just see if you can almost feel how they're feeling. That's what this book kind of summarizes. And that's a really interesting story because I've felt also connected to people that have passed on when I'm <laughs> whether rightly or wrongly. Who the hell knows what's going on? I don't know. That's interesting. I feel like um, there's so many and when you get, like, we talked about the brain and there's so many, like, neural pathways and 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 different connectors that are closed off that's that's the weird thing about it so them being i feel like that's what i felt like and it sounds stupid but after i psychoanalyze it because that's what i do um afterwards for years afterwards i feel like certain parts of my brain like certain neural pathways were opening up and i might be completely off base with this shit because i'm not a neurologist you're not i talk about that you're not you talk okay yeah because that's what i felt like happened and i was not ready I was not ready for it. You know what I was ready for? I was ready to sink back and kind of like be the smoothest guy in a room. But it was almost like it was like um, too much going on and I mm-hmm. couldn't process it. So is that something that you go over in the book? It is. <clears throat> and what I call that, and it's very, very interesting that you say that because I call that training myself. When this first happened, I was freaking the fuck out. I'm like, what is happening? I could feel how... Alexandra was feeling or my kids were feeling. I'm like, this cannot be real. This has to be a coincidence. But eventually I trained myself to re- to recognize a thought or a feeling that was no way mine, right? Like I'm watching Pretty Woman with Alexandra and I start crying when I'm high. Like that just, <laughs> that won't <Wow>. happen. <laughs> no, that didn't happen. I'm kidding. Really, seriously. Oh. <laughs> never, never happened, no. <laughs> no, but, I get emotional sometimes too. I, I understand that, but good. But that's the thing. It's like when that happens, embrace it, you know, recognize that it may be you, your sixth sense, your third eye, whatever the fuck you want to call it. 
trying to connect, trying to feel what other people's are feel, uh, people are feeling around you. And they may be living, they may have passed on, but that's what I try to tell. And that's what I tried to do is train myself to recognize that and to just embrace it and go with it and see what happens. Ride the, ride the wave, as I call it, like ride the wave. That's right. Yeah. I, like I had to, like I haven't done, I haven't done it in a while. I haven't took a trip in a while. Like I got edibles sitting upstairs and I'm just staring at it. And what happened with me was it was like I I was feeling myself. I like to like he Dre said, I like to be in control of stuff. And I was like, man, I'm feeling like I'm addicted to this shit. Like this thing, I have I have to have this every weekend to keep tapping into this, keep tapping into this happiness. And I'm like, damn, mm-hmm. how, like I can't tap into this. I'm mad because I can't tap into this happiness on my own. It's only when I'm under the influence that I can just tap into this bliss and 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 get and get me to that bliss and it's like man i that's crazy i I don't i didn't want that and that's the thing like i don't you know have you ever felt like like damn like i'm relying on this shit too i'm relying on this too Mm -hmm. much to tap into my bliss or you like you know what this is the only way i'm going to be able to truly unlock my mind like which which end of the spectrum are you on like you know, yeah, it's probably somewhere in the middle. I mean, you know, because I have a full time career and I'm not an author, I have to kind of find a middle ground, right? What ends up happening to me is kind of the day after I get, you know, high and have a good connection or something cool happened to me, I'm 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 good. I'm good that following day, and I don't need cannabis. What if I have a stressful week or work sucks or the kids are driving me fucking insane or there's something going on in my life? I'll probably do it, you know, three or four times a week. And that's fine with me. I don't need it every day, but I know some people do. And it's hard because, again, in the book, I say, look, you got to control what you put into your body, whether it's food, sugar, fat, cannabis, alcohol, cigarettes, whatever. You have to find the good place that you can say, look, I'm doing this in moderation. But at this point, there's nothing that says that I've seen. If you did it every day, it's bad for you. I mean, if you are happy and you feel good doing it every day, just be aware of what your body's telling you and make sure that you're comfortable because at this point there's nothing that says it's, it's truly, truly dangerous. Yeah. And you, and you're right. Like I, like I said earlier, I never heard nobody talking about they overdosed or anything. And it, I, you know, I'm a heavy believer in God and God always. And what I heard is like, he put everything that you need on this planet. And I'm guessing, you know, maybe we was put here to be like the stress reliever or something to, when you're going through mental anguish to like take to like relieve some of that pressure, man, because it's some days is like, man, it's overwhelming. And usually like I do, I turn to the bottle and I ain't a great, like me, I get drunk. I'm a happy drunk. I don't, nothing bothers me. Anybody can say anything to me. Debatable. A happy drunk. I'm a happy, okay. Let me rephrase that. I'm a happy drunk to women. I'm a happy drunk to women and children. I don't, I don't, I don't get violent. If, I don't get, you know, angry. But what about pets? Pets, pets too. Yeah. Anything that's like, okay. anything that's, I love dogs. I'm a very, uh, my dogs is like, is like my kids. I, that's why I don't own another dog. It's one of my dogs. But you don't have one. Yeah. Because yeah, my dog was stolen. My dog was stolen. And my dog was stolen. And that crushed my soul. That was my kid. Like, oh my God. You get what I'm saying? That was Did my. You say stolen? Yeah, somebody, because I, I had a pit bull. And. Oh my God. People. 
you know, people got this mis, at, this mis, uh, misjudgment uh, of pit bulls. Pit bulls are the most loyal, oh, the most loyal, them. loving dogs you can ever own if you train them right. I don't do that. I don't. I hate when people fight them. I hate when they when people got their dogs all scarred up. It kills me because my dog was like my kid. So that's why I own another dog. But I am very when I'm drunk. That's how I am. I'm. I'm joking. A man, on the other hand, any man comes in the room, yeah, there's a little hostility. You know what I'm saying? That, but that's that's my way to get away. Like, but when I'm high, it's like you know. I, when I used to get, high, I just would just sit there and just like I would have these crazy, wild thoughts of I don't even know. Like I can't even explain the thoughts I would have because it'd be like I'm like man, like nobody ever thought of this invention. Nobody thought how to use this like this. Yeah, man, it's stuff like that. Like. Oh man, nobody produced one to produce energy like this, or nobody ever thought of making this. And like all these, but it's like hard to. I don't know how you write it down because it's hard for me once I come out of that state to just yeah, it's hard to compose yeah, it. compose it and put it on paper. It's like cause don't it's like, don't do that, dude. Get a voice recorder. That's what I did. Get something on your phone and just put notes in, and then look at it the next day. That's what I had to do because I couldn't I couldn't write well. Hi, are you kidding me? I mean, there's no way. It took me. Fifteen minutes just to type in a, a web address, voice record it, yeah. and then look at it the next day. Yeah, man. Go ahead, Jordan. Do you, you ever see the episode of Seinfeld? What? Where he writes, <laughs> that, where he writes that joke down and he doesn't know what the hell he's talking. He, That's he, right. He, That's he, right. He, the next day he don't know what the hell it says. That's what I feel like I'm going. <laughs> I try that. What? But how y'all feel going from being sober to high off of weed is what I go through when I'm going through my psychedelic stage because there's the the thoughts that go through my mind about why we're here or what we're supposed to be doing or what eventually happens after we're gone because I'm a person who okay. believes in spirit energy like wh whatever was under the sun has always been under the sun is what I believe you know what I'm saying so like there's sometimes I'm thinking like I'll just be sitting here and I'll be looking at myself and I'll be like I'll look around and I'll be like, yo, is, am I Jim Carrey? And is this, uh, what's, what's that movie where the whole world was watching him? Like he was oh, a Truman, Truman show. Truman show. I was like, is this the Truman show? And everybody is just here to appease me until my spirit is gone. You know what I'm saying? Or, or the things that I think about, about life in itself and what happens when we're gone. Sometimes I'm like, well, like at this point in my life now, I'm not even scared of dying because I feel like there's something, there has to be something else afterwards. It's not just art, it's over. And then what happens to that spirit, that energy that's been suppressed within me this whole time? There's 90% of the brain that we haven't used. What happens with, with what controls that? You know what I mean? What gives me the want to do things? You know what I mean? To experience stuff. So I'll go the, my mind goes through crazy. I go through rabbit holes. I go down rabbit holes like, crazy just sitting still just in my own thoughts and then you got to snap out of it for a second <laughs> kind of bring yourself back and then it's hard for me to gather that thought and say it aloud so what would you recommend for a person that has actually took the time to be able to narrate yourself in that situation for a person who, who who's incapable of doing that, what would be some easier steps that you could, you know, tell them that maybe will help them process that and get that 
on paper for themselves. Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I, you're right. I mean, because my chapters around, I think called like Life's Mysteries in a Nutshell, that goes into different things that I thought about while high that, you know, we think the third eye concept could, could be explained by that, whether it's reincarnation or multiple personality disorder, or even paranoia, all that could be tied back to the third eye concept. But when I was thinking about that, I was watching TV and something popped on. I'm like, wait a second. I was watching a movie. What's that movie? Uh, the guy has 10 different personalities. I forget what it's called, but I was like, wait a second. Could that be explained by, a third eye connection to different people that he doesn't realize. And so all those thoughts, I eventually, I had to just write down like a bullet point on, on a piece of paper that says, you know, multiple personality disorder. And the next day I would just remember it. Or I tell Alexander, like, remind me to look at this the next day, or I would voice record it and just say, look, look into multiple personality disorder tomorrow or something like that. And I would just kind of do that when I was sober but it's hard because your brain does go <laughs> like, <laughs> I don't know. Well, speaking about the multiple uh, personality disorder or multiple people, physicist has a theory that there is such thing as a multiverse where everything that we're doing now is going on in a different universe. Maybe, maybe I'm Indian, Kev's, you know, white, you're black and but that's but we're still having the same conversation our race you picked a wild yeah, universe, but no no guy. no but your race <laughs> you wild maybe your, your races are different or maybe maybe you're ha- maybe we're, the conversation maybe you're having is not about marijuana right now maybe it's about psycho you know him writing a book about being on psychedelics or these these universes are all going on at the same time simultaneously but in different ways because i ain't gonna lie now I was on marijuana, like I said, when I was doing the edibles, it's like, it's sometimes I felt like I tapped into another person, like, you ever, like, deja vu. How many times have you been driving and you see deja vu? Like, I had that today, like, I'm riding, like, I've been here, I know what's going to happen next, I know this is going to happen, this is going to happen, this song is playing. Maybe our brain is trying to connect to that, but when we're on, you know, we're on psychedelics or, 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 or high, you tap, you tap into that a little bit more deeper that you see a whole nut. Cause scenarios, even in other universes, scenarios play out different. Say, you know, I cheat, I made a mistake in cheating on my girl in another universe. Instead of me cheating on my girl, I walked away from that situation and kept my relationship intact. You know, that's, that's how the universe plays out. And that's where I think where that whole thing of, of deja vu happens is like, Oh man, if I something save, I turn right here, I'm gonna get into an accident. You know what? Let me keep going straight. I'm pretty sure all y'all had that deja vu moment where you said, don't do that because I've been here and and this is going to happen. Sure. I've, I've had it where more, more, it's more like I've gone somewhere that I've never been and felt like I've been here before. Like, like, yo, I've seen this before. I'll see some art and be like, y'all seen that before. Where is that? And they'll be like, Oh, that's in a mausoleum in Italy. And I'll be like, <laughs> Oh, you know what I mean? Like there's no explanation for that. Like, and then you just talk yourself out of, or well, maybe I've seen it on TV or maybe, but when I'm in an area, and I'll be like, yo, this feels oddly familiar. Or you'll, or I'll see somebody and be like, I know them from somewhere, but I don't, they don't know me. I don't know them. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like we're all linked some way, somehow. You know what I mean? There has to be, there has to be an origin of why we're here and, and what we are 
to each other, not just what we are as a as a race, but what we are to each other. So there's connections that I feel are being made. Like <clears throat> when you when you that that whole thing of love at first sight. It when you feel like you're in love with somebody, it's it's different than when you feel when you look at another female. You can look at a woman and feel like you're way more attracted to her than another woman, and they can be on the same level. You know what I mean? When it comes to uh, intellect, when it comes to you know features, the whole nine, you feel an attraction to this one person more for whatever reason. There's a link, like, and when you talk about that third eye, if I feel like. Like when I take psychedelics and I think about my soon to be wife, I know that this is where I want to be, period. I don't want to go nowhere else. So I think we lost him. But um, when it, when you get into that connection, it's like. You got 15 minutes left. It's, it's, minutes left. yeah, it's, 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 it's a connection that you can feel like it. it's not, it's not physical. It's always like energy. So when you're able to unlock that shit, it's it it takes you on like a different a different thought process in itself. Yeah. So, so, so I, yeah, just real real quick on that. Yeah, I mean, you know, I talked a little bit about, you know, when someone you might have twins or someone that feels or senses someone has passed on when they're across the country, right? And like that happens and there's stories yeah. about that. And it's like how does that how would that happen, right? My theory was because they're twins or because they're closely connected, they could sense that. And that kind of feeds into what you're saying, that there's stuff that we do not know about the brain that I think eventually, again, maybe not in our generation, next generation will be will be figured out that we can connect to each other, even if we're not looking at each other, even if we're not in the same room. And I mm-hmm. think that's what you're talking about. And I think it's cool. I mean, I think it's interesting. And I hope more people can experience that because it really does make you feel connected with each other, connected with the universe, which I think is a good thing. Maybe I'm wrong. No, you're not. No, no, no. I I have about, I have two questions real quick. What's first one. What's the craziest story in your, in in your book? The craziest one. The one you said, nah, this is a doozy. This can't be real. This is a paper order. Yeah. I mean, other than the added body, the, the craziest one, and again, there's probably, I don't know, 12 or 15 experiences that we summarized in the book. And we talked about some other ones in the podcast, but uh, in the book, the craziest one to me that I was like, this, this cannot be a coincidence is Alexander and I were out for dinner. I had done 20 milligrams. We went out to dinner with some friends. We came back. It was probably 10 30, 11 o'clock at night. Uh, my two sons were in our bed. Of course, they had passed out. Um, I went to wake them both up. The one son, the older son got up, left, left my bed right away, went to his room. My middle son, he was in a deep sleep. And when I kind of shook him to wake him up, he got very startled. He was like, what, what the hell's going on? Where am I? Who are you? Um, I said, you got to go to bed. I went to use the bathroom in my room and he eventually got out and went to his room. As I was using the bathroom, uh, number one, of course, uh, my heart started racing. Um, very fast. And, you know, I'd been doing edibles for a year and a half at that point, And that had never, ever happened to me. Um, my heart just really started racing. Eventually got to the point where I had to go downstairs and tell Alexander, like something's going on. Heart's racing. I started sweating. It turned into a full blown panic attack. Um, so I was downstairs in the kitchen with her, like, what the fuck is going on? She calmed me down. She gave me water. Uh, she made me tea. 
Um, I went upstairs to my room just to kind of lay down. Eventually it calmed down and we started talking. She was talking to me, calmed me down. We were like, what, what happened? What caused that? And I'm like, I, I don't know. I woke Jeremy up. I woke my son up and um, he went to his room. The next morning she talked to him. I didn't talk to him. She's like, you know, what, what happened last night? She's like, you know, my heart was racing. I was scared. And we think he was having a panic attack at the same time that my heart was racing and I was having a panic attack. And again, there was nothing else in my life going on that would have caused that. And so the question is, could that have been a coincidence? Sure. I guess so. If it wasn't a coincidence, what is that? What is that connection that I had because I was high to him in that moment that caused me to have a panic attack at the same time. And he did tell her that his heart was racing um, and he had trouble going to sleep. So that, that, is one of the experiences, but the other ones are similar to that where, again, I felt something. Uh, this was the only, one of the only ones where I had a physical reaction at the same time that someone around me. So, yeah, could that be a coincidence? Sure. You tell me. What do you think? I don't know. But that's what we want to document, and it's pretty cool. I mean, it wasn't at the time. I was scared shitless, but at the time, <laughs> it was pretty, you know, afterwards, it was like, wow, that, that really just happened. That's a crazy experience. Um, the second question I have is, uh, what, so what do you want the the general reader to take away from reading your book? Like what, what kind of connections do you want them to make after reading your book? Like, what do you want them to take from it? Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a really good question. Man. And again, not an author and never thought I would do this, but the message is for me, look, this, this can happen and it has been happening to me and it's really improved my relationship with Alexander and my wife and my kids and my family members. I understand them better. For better or for worse, I can kind of get into their heads and understand what they're thinking, what they're feeling. Now, it doesn't mean, you know, we're going to stay together. We're not going to have issues day to day because who doesn't, right? But, you know, I am able to understand people around me so much better than I was before. Is that because of cannabis? I think it is. And if it is, what does that tell you and others out there about the potential of cannabis to help us just understand each other. I mean, there's so much anger and so much division right now with everybody in this country, in this world, that mm-hmm. to be able to understand each other, I think is a pretty cool thing. And I, I hope that whether, I, and I don't know who your audience is. I, I don't know if they're uh, into cannabis or into psychedelics, but if they're not, I hope people can at least try this and not be as scared of cannabis as, you know, a lot of people have been in the past. I think it's a really cool thing that's happened to me. I hope people try it. And if they do try it and it works, I mean, that's awesome. Uh, that to me is, is really uh, the best thing that can happen. I've spent a ton of my money uh, marketing this, trying to get this out. Um, this isn't about, you know, book sales to me. Uh, it's about getting this message out. And I, I appreciate you guys, you know, having me on and at least hearing me out and you can form your own opinions. But uh, I think it's pretty cool. We appreciate you. Before, before we let you go, we need you to, um, Give everybody where they can find you, where they can find the book, and also uh, just a quick, quick, brief summary of your podcast that you do. Sure, guys. Thank you. Um, the book is called Higher Connections. You learn inspiration from a certified public pothead. Obviously, that's a play on certified public accountant, which is my day job. Um, the funny thing is I, I can't market this on, on Amazon, uh, but it is available on Amazon. Um, I also uh, have a website called higherconnectionnow.com where we uh, have our podcast. And the podcast is really just an extension of this. I mean, it's talking about 
interesting things that Alexandra um, and I have experienced since the book come out came out. One really cool example is we were driving in the car and she she's Spanish and she talks Spanish. Uh, her and her mom were talking Spanish in the car ride. I was high as, as anything. Somehow I understood what they were talking about. I don't speak Spanish at all. <laughs> so if cannabis can help you understand other languages, I mean, God bless. But uh, it's just called Higher Connections. It's available on Spotify. And uh, yeah, it's done, I think, 11 episodes or so. And it's just, you know, random stuff. We talk about the benefits, experiences. I had my brother on uh, a couple episodes ago to talk about the science of cannabis and how it could impact our brain. So we, we're enjoying it for now. It's cool and, and fun. And uh, we'll see where it goes. If you can, I would, I would, I would urge you to reach out to, um, like a, a guy that, you know, uh, my co-host Kevin brought up earlier, Lynn May, L-E-N-M-A-Y. I, I would reach out to him and, uh, cause he has a podcast as well. And he, he owns, uh, or he's the CEO of Indocana Health. Um, and he's really involved in like legislation and getting cannabis, like, um, you know, legalized and stuff like that. But he has a lot of scientific stuff that kind of blew over my head that he it's all facts. And I think you guys would really make a nice connection and, and really. No, no pun intended. <laughs> but I think you guys would get along famously and uh, have some really interesting things to talk about. For sure. If you ever get a chance. Yeah, he's a dope individual. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. Uh, thank you guys. That's really cool. And I appreciate you all having me on. Um, this is really fun and interesting. And, uh, you know, if you ever want to do this again, please let me know. Um, hopefully I'll, next time I'll be high. Unfortunately, I have to go, uh, drive to get my kids now. So if we can do this again when I can get high. That would be, that'd be really fun. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect. 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 And perfect. We appreciate you coming. We're, yeah, y'all go ahead. <laughs> I'll be high right I'm going to get fried like this guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's, that's, that's it for the day. All right, y'all. Yeah, enjoy your fight. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Painted Podcast. If you love today's episode, make sure to subscribe, leave a review, five stars. We don't want nothing less. If you're an artist, actress, a songwriter, an author, or you're doing something that's interesting and you want to be a guest on our show, please email us at opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. That's opinionatedpodcastddk at gmail.com. Thank you. Have a blessed day.